All right, welcome back. And away we go. Open lines and we begin on the wild card line. Brendan is in Austin, Texas. Brendan, welcome to Coast. Good morning. How are you? Hello, thank you. I hope you're safe and I hope all the audience members enjoyed the show tonight. It was a good interview. Thank you. Appreciate it. I won't take up too much time here. I just wanted to share a uh, like a quick anecdote about uh, Ruth from Maryland had called in on Wildline or on the open lines a couple weeks ago and talked about venting gases from underground uh, facilities. And yes. I wanted to mention that this anecdote that you had said that we, you think that we have the engineering figured out for off gassing or scrubbing the gases, which there probably are like a lot of techniques for doing that. But this situation in DuPont, uh, with DuPont facility in Texas, they had an underground uh, facility where they had gases that were coming up into the atmosphere. And this is all like public knowledge. This is a like public accident. And the temper, temperature differential from the outside to the underground caused moisture to form and blocked a pipe. And they sent two people out there to go and work on this pipe. And the gases got backed up, and there was some extenuating circumstances. Well, it was a fatality accident. Both of them passed away. So but if you're underground, everything that you're doing is so much harder. So one little tiny problem becomes a huge problem. It, what happens if you have a temperature differential that causes moisture to clog a pipe and you're hundreds of feet down, and you can't hypothetically send somebody to go and work on it? And even if they did, they might suffocate or, or have a terrible accident happen. But yeah, that was the anecdote I wanted to share. And that was DuPont. You know, that's a big corporation for accidents to happen like that. Well, that's an excellent point. Um, and, and the, what were they, the, the gases uh, that they were dealing with here? What are we talking about? Like um, chlorine or, or what are we talking about? I'm really not sure. Uh, it's public, like I said, so you can go and look up this case and it's all out there, but I think it was maybe hexafluoride or something, or hex, which is heavier than air. So that would make sense. Uh, well, I don't know if I pronounce it right, but the one that I'm thinking of is a hexa something chemical and that's heavier. So it goes down lower, but who knows? It, I know they were producing um, like plastics and stuff, so it could be anything. They, they had a whole right, bunch right. of different stuff going through pipes. Okay, then. No, you're right. It presents uh, it's, it's a very complex situation above my pay grade. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to know, add I'm, some I'm, food for thought. I wasn't trying yeah. to like you know point out like oh you're wrong. I was just no no. I understand. I understand, and I appreciate it. I, I, you make an excellent point. Thank you All for right. that. Well, Brenda. I'll move on. Thank you so much, and I enjoy all the, the best. I appreciate it. Hope you'll call again. Uh, Noah is in North Carolina on the wild card line. Noah, welcome to Coast. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Hi there. Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed your stuff about the rock and roll. I play rock and roll myself, but uh, uh, I, I, I've i been thrifting a lot, and I just buy, like, a lot of haunted objects all the time. A haunted objects? You mean possessed by some sort of a spirit. There's some sort of a spirit attachment. Yeah, they, they, they like terrorize my house. Well, well give like, me an example. What do you have in your house? Way. What do you have in your house that's causing problems? 
yeah, it, it's just like kind of messed up. But it's weird because I don't really know what to do. Like I first moved in and I had these uh, like a few things and I had them in boxes. And then I kept them in this one room. But then I kept hearing noises like banging in that room. So then I, I finally moved into the living room and it stopped for a while. Okay, uh, what are these that? objects? What are these objects specifically? What so are we talking I, about? I, I've got a, uh, like a, the seventies, like mirror, but it's also a music box and it'll, it'll play by itself. And then I've also got like, this like African American lady bust. like have the head. It's like, right. cool. it looks sick. And, uh, I, like I put my hats on it or my, uh, like necklaces. And that was what was in the boxes. But then once I displayed them, everything was fine. But you think there there's a spirit attachment on these objects? For sure. But the problem is that, like, I don't know whether it was because I messed with Ouija boards at my old house, whether something followed me. Mm. Did you close the so, session I mean, properly? There is a technique, apparently, to, to close a Ouija board session. Did you do that? Well, no, my problem was I made my own Ouija board and, uh, and I, yeah, I never closed it. And, and I mean, it's like a very long story, but basically, no, I, I, I never closed it. No. Okay. So what are you doing? Are the objects, uh, still in the house? Are they still causing you problems? No, nah, I was kind of hanging with them. I'm sorry. They're kind of what? I just kind of hang with them. Like they're fine. You just decided to hang with them. Okay. So you're going to put up well, I mean, if they're not causing you any grief and you can live with the banging and, uh, and whatever else, then, oh, no, you know, stressful. I mean, like it, it's, it's not fun, but at the same time, like, I, I, I don't want like anyone in the past life to feel uncomfortable. And well, I that's mean, assuming I, that that's, a, yeah, that's we gotta be careful with the language. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. No, good. That's all right. Good luck with that. Uh, I would seek some professional help with regards to uh, these objects. Um, I don't know. Uh, there are, you know, there are methods, protocols for cleansing objects. Um, you know, far be it for me to uh, advise you on that, but um, I wish Rosemary Ellen Guiley were still here. She could tell you what to do. All right, Noah, thank you. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Blair is in Phoenix. Blair, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Good morning and Happy New Year, Richard. Uh, Same to you. In the 1980s and 1990s, I was the audiovisual director at Unity Church of Dallas, and I lived right across the street from Prestonwood Baptist Church on Arapahoe Road, and I currently use the New King James Version, so I want to give that background. Uh, the 2023 images from the James Webb Telescope at Ephesus to the biblical, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater things than these he will do. I mean, look at the billions of galaxies that came into view. 
And now for 50 years, I've been using the Urantia book amplification, if you will, of the Old and New Testaments. And currently, I subscribe to the Jesus portrayed there, whereby the individual relationship to God the Father is emphasized, and that as his children, we are being groomed to help administer out in a universe that is friendly and loving. So with that said, uh, how do you define be wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves, sir? <laughs> uh, come again? How do I what? How do I translate what? How, how do you interpret be wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves? Be wise as serpents, but harmless yet as harmless doves. harmless as doves. As doves. How do I define that? Or how do I, yeah. what, what meaning how do I take from that? It? How do you live it? Because you mentioned you are a, a Christian. I heard it last hour. So I just, I'm just trying to probe a little deeper into your intellectual side of, of your Christian belief, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, be wise like a serpent and peaceful like a dove. Well, I mean, I, 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 th I think, you know, we have a, a dual nature. Um, and I think, you know, God is instructing us to obviously, um, you know, be, be wise, be, uh, be wily, um, as a, as a serpent is. Um, and we do have a serpent nature, I suppose. We are fallen, but also to be peaceful as a dove. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. There's probably more more there than um, more layers there, but that's my immediate, you know, it's just kind of an obvious interpretation of what that means. Well, uh, then uh, the idea when it says in Matthew 18, 22, forgive 490 times, uh, basically, it means uh, we're prone to mistakes, and uh, to understand that you know the flesh is the spirit is willing, then the flesh is weak. So we need to forgive each other and give for, and it takes a lot of burden off of our own hearts, doesn't it, Richard? Absolutely, forgiveness is is so important. I appreciate the call, Blair. Thank you. Uh, Sherry is east of the Rockies in the great state of Texas. Sherry, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for taking my call. This is regarding finding lost items, okay? Um, when I lose something, I ask friends and family on the other side to return what is lost, and they do. They do, especially those right. who were very unkind to me in life. And now that they see their role in my life more clearly and and, and have experienced the pain I felt, they they seem eager to help me now. Now, Danny and Brinkley talked about this. After, after we die, we take on the pain from people in life that may have been unkind to us. Okay, I found that people knew, um, the people that I knew who are on the other side now um, and were not kind to me in life are very willing to, to help me. And okay, give me an example. Not, give me an example, Sherry, of, yeah, of something that they've helped yeah. you find. Yeah, okay, an example of what I found, I, this is a short example because I have many, some expand two days and are kind of elaborate. I picked the shortest one I could. Uh, it was, I call it the, the tennis shoe discovery. I went to a storage room um, outside and somewhere in there I lost my storage room key. Um, and, and I knew it was there because I, couldn't, I could not lock the door again. So I thought, well, it's in there. 
So there was no question of that. So I decided to, to ask for help as, as I crossed a driveway between the storage room and the house. I felt something crusty in the toe of my shoe and I thought it was a scorpion. So I took off my shoe very carefully because I figured if it was a scorpion, it would have bit me. And I went limping to the, the kitchen and I peeked in there because I didn't want to pour it out, you know, and I saw it was my key, Richard. Uh-huh. It, oh, I my. swear it was my key. And so it works. But you have to make every effort to find it first because God doesn't work for us. He works in and through us, you know, and we have to we have to um, make every effort we can to to find it first. And then and then ask for their forgiveness. The people on the other side, can you help me? And they I'd see now are there times that they may not. Yeah, I can't say that every time it's going to happen, but but it has worked enough times. And I have enough examples. This is just a short one. So I appreciate it. Then, Sherry, thank you so yeah. much. Good to talk to you. Uh, the mighty Aphrodite had a, um, a ring. She had it custom made uh, before we were married. I remember the ring um, when we were dating. And then after we were married, it was around. And uh, we moved a couple of times. And the ring somehow was misplaced. Uh, for years, like five, six, seven years, it was gone and she gave up on it. And then one of, um, her aunts, one of her theas, as we say in Greek, uh, came over her, um, my mother-in-law's sisters. And, um, she just, uh, started talking about something that had gone missing for her. Her aunt did. She, and, and the mighty Aphrodite didn't mention the ring. And, uh, her aunt explained that she had um, prayed to one of the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox Christian saints, and I'm not sure which one it is, uh, that's re responsible for helping you find lost objects. And um, maybe a day later, the mighty Aphrodite was up in our bedroom on the second floor, and she was reaching into the closet up on the top shelf for a handbag. And just as she's about to reach up into the, uh, to grasp the handbag, out of that handbag rolls the ring and lands, she grabs it out of midair, lands in her hand. The very same ring had been gone for six or seven years out of that handbag. <laughs> Remarkable. All right, let's see. Uh, Catherine is in Canada. Hello, Catherine. Hello, fellow Canuck. How are you? Hey, Richard. I, I wanted to tell you that I got saved through a Billy Graham track in 1985. And I've been very, very faithful, like wanting to serve God all these years, decades. And, and the fire's never gone out. It's just gotten more strong. And I want to thank you um, because I love rock. <laughs> And you, you love rock, and you and you have artists on here, and it is awesome. You you respect their gifting, and you don't say it's of the devil. And and I just really wanted to thank you for that because it is. Such a <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, well, you're welcome. I mean, I, there I, there are certainly uh, forms of music and content in 
certain types of music that I certainly believe is straight from the bowels of hell. Um, but uh, I, w- I certainly wouldn't entertain it here on the on the radio. I wouldn't listen to it. I wouldn't talk about it. Um, I certainly don't. F- but I mean, all forms, like all forms of rock, just straight across. Like just, a lot of Christians will do that. And I just want to thank you for not. <laughs> oh, well, my pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. All right. And what part of Canada are you in, Catherine? I am in British Columbia. Ah, all right. Are you on the mainland, the interior, on the Vancouver Island? Uh, I'm on the mainland. Ah, okay. Near White Rock there. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Catherine, thank you. Great to talk to you. Uh, let's see. We can squeeze Bill in Los Angeles very quickly. Bill, welcome to Coast. I just got about a minute here. Hey, Richard, uh, did you ever see Johnny Winter? You mentioned him to Frank. No, no, I didn't see Johnny Winter. I've seen Edgar Winter perform in Ringo Starr's All-Star Band, but not Johnny. Right. Yeah, I saw Johnny about five times in the late 70s and early 80s. And in fact, uh, he, he bought drinks for everybody at the Palomino in uh, uh, Van Nuys. He, he, was, he was such a personable guy. I've never been to a concert. He was my first concert in 73. I've never been to any concert, and I've seen most of the great acts where he had, where the, the artist had such charisma over the audience. It, it was a, it was a sight to behold. And, uh, he, he inspired me to get a Firebird five guitar. That was his trademark guitar. And, uh, last thing I, my rock band played two of his songs in 74 at a, at a talent show for the teachers. And we, I found out later on, it was at McDonald auditorium in Glendale, California. I found out later on that was the same stage that your buddy, uh, John Densmore and the doors played in May of 67, same stage, same... Uh, Remarkable. Phone. That's great, Bill. Thank you for that. Got to run. Sorry about that. We'll take more calls on the other side. All right, back to the phones we go. And Glenn is in Massachusetts on the first-time caller line. Glenn, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. I've been listening to Coast to Coast since 1994, and this is my first time I've ever gotten through. Hey, uh, welcome aboard. I'm a 71-year-old freelance blind piano tuner. Well, actually, Tuesday's my birthday, but... Uh, ah, well, happy somehow, birthday. I don't know how this happened. I miss, growing up, I miss Frank Marino. I mean, I grew up on Hendrix, Clapton, Zappa, you name it, John McLaughlin, Larry Coriel, Al Miola on the jazz side, Tommy Bowen, Richie Blackmore, Jeff Beck, I mean, the list... I mean, Michael Mandel, no, I mean, Harvey Mandel, no relation to Michael Mandel. <laughs> right, right. And okay, so you missed Frank Harvey. Marino. Well, now you know about him, so you're going to yeah dive in and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I used to, when I was a pseudo-hippie, I used to sniff glue, do acid, do mescaline, you know, back in the early 70s. But, uh, so, I mean, that's the kind of music I would have loved listening to. Well, I uh, I wish you well on your uh, your musical odyssey, discovering um, Frank Marino and uh, for uh, Mahogany Rush. Thanks so much for the call, Norm. Or uh, um, yeah, Glenn. Glenn's in Massachusetts. We're going to go to Norm next. He's in St. Louis. Norm, welcome. Hey, good evening. How you, got, how you doing, Todd? I'm well, thanks. Good. Uh, I was trying to get in with Frank Marino. I've I seen him in St. Louis. I think it was uh, the American or Keel, I can't remember, back in the 80s. But fantastic show. Uh, anyway, I was just uh, refreshing to hear his, about his faith testimony and whatnot because 
you know, the guy seemed like a good-looking guy and long hair and probably had a lot of groupies and all that kind of stuff. So that was real uh, kind of eye-opening to hear all that. But I was trying to uh, just make a couple quick points about that. Is, uh, I, I, I'm like into um, kind of facts and stats and whatnot, and I was reading the other day that uh, the Earth, you know, it rotates at like a 1,000 miles an hour. Right. And um, they said if it stopped for just two or three seconds, completely stopped, everything would shoot to the east at like a thousand, and it would cause catastrophic, like the earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, mountains would collapse. Be like if you're in the back of a van, and, I, and this has happened to me with work, and uh, in a in a lawn chair, and a guy speeds up to a hundred miles an hour and hits a tree, and you got all your tools in the back. Imagine all of them shooting at you. Well, that's kind of what it would be like. So, uh, times 10. But, uh, anyway, it was just, uh, I just can't, I find it hard to believe that people can be atheists when, you know, the Bible says Jesus created everything, including our earth, including humans and whatnot. So, for that, for to think that scientists are just random, that the earth rotates exactly a thousand miles an hour perfectly. Every day, every second, it doesn't stop where we're all dead. That's uh, enough to make my faith uh, all the stronger. Right. And the, the precise distance, you know, um, between the Earth and the moon, without the moon being the, you know, the precise distance, the, the di- diameter, the mass of the moon, life wouldn't be possible here on Earth. Uh, yeah, it's a finely tuned machine. And I always love that analogy. I think there's a, actually a book um, about this, um, you know, talking about a, a tornado touching down, uh, you know, if you're a materialist, it would be like thinking that a a tornado could touch down in a, uh, in a salvage yard or a scrap yard and then pick up all of these component parts and assemble a Boeing 777 out of all the component parts and set it down in one piece on the other side. That's basically uh, what we're talking about. Yeah, good luck with that. Norm, thank you. Thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. Uh, John is in San Antonio. John, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Good morning, Richard. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Um, this is about a Bigfoot sighting that happened when I was a child. Oh, okay. Do tell. Okay. Uh, I didn't personally see it, but it was in the news and on TV um, around 1976-1977. There was a number of Bigfoot sightings in San Antonio by Kelly Air Force Base. Um, at night, the MPs had sightings of, of two Bigfoot, and um, this happened during course of a uh, I believe it was early in the school year, August, September. And um, there was even sightings in a neighborhood nearby. Uh, That's pretty close. Wondered, yeah. Um, what I've always wondered was how Bigfoot would get into a city. How it would get into a city? Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I've been to San Antonio. Well, the, I've been into this, the, like this, the uh, the Pecan Valley, uh, which is close to San Antonio, but I've never been into San Antonio proper. Um, I don't know. I would imagine, you know, there are 
uh, rail lines, trails, things like that? Yeah, but I've always wondered if Bigfoot hops the trains. <laughs> there is a possibility. It's possible because this line of tracks does go to the east, and in East Texas there is a forest. And around the same time, early 1973, there used to be Bigfoot sightings in East Texas. I think they called it the Boggy Creek Monster. Right, right. Yeah. I would love to see that. Bigfoot trying to hop a train. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or thumb a ride from a trucker. Well, then then there's the whole um, idea of Bigfoot being interdimensional. Uh, and so it could flit in and out of reality. It could be anywhere it wants to be. True. Yeah. I Did just, you know anyone that's that? Do you? It was in close to your neighborhood. Did you? Do you know of anyone who actually had a sighting? Uh, no, not personally. But I remember it being in the news on the TV, and they actually instituted a curfew for the area for a couple of months. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, wow. I was in, God, what was it, junior high? Uh, <laughs> a long time ago. All right. Great story, John. Thank you for that. Bigfoot hopping a freight train. Um, I'm just imagining Sasquatch sitting in a boxcar with a, um, you know, one of those bundles attached to the end of a stick, like the hobos, maybe playing a harmonica. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, let's say hi to, uh, Kenny is in New York. Kenny, welcome to coast. Thank you. First time caller, uh, for every listener since 1995. Oh, wonderful. Great to have you aboard, Kenny. Welcome. Listen, uh, you know, first off my condolences, um, about Ian. Yeah. Um, we're missing him. Right. Our, uh, God rest his soul. And another thing I wanted to talk about that you stuck with us with the music. Cause I remember when you first started it, a guy called you up and started arguing with you said that Art Bell's rolling over in his grave, but you stuck with us and stuck it out and it seems to be working great with the music, you know? I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, um, you know, we, it's, it's, um, it's, it, it's not all about UFOs and ghosts. It's really just about interesting stories. And, uh, yeah. Frank Marino has had quite a life, and um, I certainly think it, I think Art would like it. You know, Art played or talked to musicians, he, uh, Gordon Lightfoot and Crystal Gale. And uh, yeah, I like think Art music. Bell, Art Bell originally, I think, interviewed Frank Marino from Grand Funk Railroad many, many years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, well, thanks. And keep up the good work, okay? God bless everyone. I appreciate that, Kenny. Thank you. And uh, great to have you uh, on board with us. First time caller. Uh, David is in Alabama. David, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Hey, I'm a first-time caller, and I do have a question and a story to tell. All right. Uh, yeah, so first of all, can I ask a question if it's okay? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so first of all, I want to ask about the JFK killing and about the CIA and FBI spying on Americans, if that's okay. What's your question? Like uh, how they spy on Americans 24-7, both the CIA and the CIA, or FBI and CIA, and how they just spy on Americans, and it's legalized, and how it's been going on for many years. 
especially since, oh, my God, the ace. I think I'm 19 years old. I'll be honest with you. I'm probably one of the youngest callers in the show. But it's been going on for many years, I'm sure you know. And I really have a question about your opinion on it, if you can give your opinion at least. Are you asking me whether I believe it's true? Well, of course it's true. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think it is true myself. I mean, the CIA and FBI has been spying on Americans for, oh my God, since the Cold War began, at least, because you had the uh, anti-communist activities in America, and then beyond that, especially since the uh, Soviet Union fell in the nineties, and I mean, it's been going on ever since. Well, broad new powers, of course, under the Patriot Act uh, after 9-11. But I I would agree with you. I think it's been going on much longer than that. If I could say it's very unconstitutional that we have been spied upon by both FBI and CIA. And I think it's very against the American people to do this. But I do have a story to tell, and this is very unrelated to the story or to the question I asked about Bigfoot. Like All right. one other caller you have said on here had, it's very small, though. All right, let's hear your Bigfoot story. So this is about, it's 24 right now, so it's probably been about five years ago. I had, we were at my hunting club down in Greene County, Alabama. And this was in the northern end of Greene County. This was probably near uh, Utah, Alabama, to give the a basic, and we were getting ready to go in. This was on a Friday night. We had just gotten there probably about 10 minutes ago. And all of a sudden, we had heard this strange noise. It kind of sounded like, it didn't sound exactly, but it, the best way I can describe it was a like a, a cow distress or something. Right. But it didn't sound exactly like it. It sounded way different. There is a uh, video on YouTube I can exactly explain it's a uh, trail cam on youtube from mississippi i think in 2001 if i'm not mistaken and it sounded like a bigfoot uh holler i didn't know this for about a year or two i honestly figured it was like a honey bear like a small black bear for about a year or so and my big my bigfoot expert friend had actually introduced me to this video and uh, showed me it was kind of like a Bigfoot holler that he heard on YouTube. And it was from Mississippi, which is a state over from Alabama. And in the Appalachians, there's been many Bigfoot stories. My dad, who is a longtime listener himself on this show, can tell you a great story about Bigfoot, about him and a big, hairy monster in the middle of a swamp. Uh, I would like to thank my dad. Uh, Big Dave, I'm going to call him as, uh, for telling me the story. But it was a great story that he told me. And I want to give you the basics on this story. I'm not going to go into detail on it. But he, okay. He had been we've got about two minutes here. So we've got about two yeah, minutes. I, it'll be less than two minutes. It was a uh, big, hairy monster in the middle of a swamp. He thought he was here in Alabama, which he's originally from West Virginia. And he uh, thought it was one of his friends, but it ran off. Not like a monkey exactly, but it kind of ran on two legs, almost on four. But it ran off in the woods. He thought it was his friend, but it wasn't his friend. I'm keeping this as short as I can, but it was a big, hairy monster. And I can tell you from myself and my dad 
that Bigfoot does exist. And I'm also going to say this because I kept it on this topic somewhat, I guess, or on this question. The CIA and the FBI do spy on American citizens through the Patriot Act and other acts that are unconstitutional, and they should not be spying on us because it is unconstitutional. That is my thing. All right, right, David, I can see you're exercised about that. Well, that's good. Thank you for calling. It's great to have um, a young listener calling in for the first time, David in Alabama. And um, maybe you should think about running for public office, restoring the Constitution of the United States. All right, we're going to step away here for a moment. 